welcome back to another episode of Tash Talks University Life. You're listening to me, your host, Tash Coyle. And on today's episode, I want to talk about what happens if things don't go to plan whilst you're at uni. Try as you might to best prepare for the future. Things don't always work out as you intended. And with unpredictable aspects of the world, including bereavement, caring responsibilities, physical injuries, and your mental health, university isn't always a smooth journey. And you may not experience any of the above, but things still might not go as planned. You might have been striving for a 2-1 overall, but you achieved a 2-2, and your future goals and roles were dependent on achieving that 2-1. But whatever the bump in the road, I'm here with my fantastic regular guest, Dr Hilary Coyle, to help you navigate things when they don't necessarily go to plan. Dr Hilary, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me on again and to talk about a subject that doesn't always get a lot of attention. This episode is split into two parts. In the first section, Dr Hilary and I will be discussing safety nets in place for current students experiencing adverse circumstances. And in the second half of this episode, we'll be having a chat about how to overcome those bumps in the road once you leave the lovely bubble of academia. Facing difficult circumstances whilst at university could have an impact on academic achievement as well as your well-being. University isn't plain sailing for everybody and bumps in the road, however big or small, have the potential to happen. Bereavement, caring responsibilities, illness, injury and difficulties with mental health can all have an impact on both your academic achievement and your student experience. But there is support in place if you are facing this type of adversity. Dr Hillary, if a student is experiencing anything like bereavement or have caring responsibilities, for example, or are just generally struggling, what would you recommend they do? The first thing to do is to talk to your personal tutor, or if you don't have a personal tutor, then a member of staff you know and trust. They will listen and signpost you to all the services in the university. All universities have mitigating circumstances, so if something awful happens, let us know and we can give you more time or defer an exam, etc. We can help if we know, but we can't help after Mm. the assignment deadline. Mm -hmm. So I've had students in the past who thought they could cope, waited for their results to then find out they didn't do very well. And when the results are released, it's too late. If anything happens, please get in touch so we're aware of what you're going through and can suggest ways to help with your studies. Then I have other students come with injuries such as a broken hand before an exam (laughs) um, and lots of sport injuries, yep. And help can be in the form of a deferral or we can get a writer in for your exam. So there are often many solutions that we can offer. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth remembering that don't just box yourself in and that just voice what's happening to you and help is at hand. It's definitely worth familiarising yourself with your institution's policy on mitigating circumstances because each university is different. If you haven't looked at it already, we definitely encourage you to do so. You might not need it now, but you never know what could happen in the future. Um, I mean, the two institutions that I attended, the University of Glasgow and Exeter, had different policies for mitigating circumstances. In Exeter, I mean, I think this was part of the COVID safety net. In my final year, you could just click extend deadline and you had three of those options in the year. 
at Glasgow you had to apply and it was quite a long process and then a board of lecturers would decide whether you were allowed to take mitigating circumstances. For the most part they were granted but they could still say no. There are things that you can't mitigate for like losing your work or going on holiday (laughs) but there is help if you're unwell or if you've experienced illness within your family or a traumatic experience for example. Usually there is a form to complete to request this and again your personal tutor can help here. It's a good it's a good idea to understand what help there is before you need it. On the holiday point students get enough holiday i think i think unless you do like a dentistry or uh you're engineering yeah or engineering where you've got like or you're on placement for example students definitely get enough holiday i think in between my second and third year i was like i want to go back to uni because the summer felt like it was going on forever and losing your work back it up save email it to yourself get it on a usb stick email it to a friend it doesn't really matter back it up on the cloud on the cloud anything like that because the last thing you want is to have worked really hard on an assignment and then the day before you spill water on your computer and then poof it's all gone and And there's lots of tears and i've seen that many times (laughs) i shouldn't laugh really but you you need to be responsible for your own work um at the end of the day and yeah as dr hillary says there's you can't get an extension for something like that either. And save multiple drafts of your work as well would be my advice. Um, But I know sometimes on the aspects of um, difficult circumstances, it can be difficult to talk about your personal struggles, but talking to your support network may also help during whatever you're going through. If you're part of a club or a society and there's a welfare convener or officer, which there should be, um, don't hesitate to reach out to them. They're there for when you need someone to talk to. And also remember your friends and family. If you've got a good relationship with your family, then talking to them can help as well. If you've got good friends and feel you can talk to them, that's great. If you do not want your inner circle of people to know what's happening, then talk to your tutor or another member of staff. I think the main message here is that you're not on your own Mm -hmm. and everything's just a little bit better when it's shared. Mm -hmm. I found that a number of my friends would just like to have a one-on-one chat about anything they were struggling with. I often met up with one of my friends in English at a cute coffee shop and we chat generally about our lives and sometimes get onto things that we were struggling with. They opened up to me about the grief that they were experiencing after losing a parent and being a carer for them for about two years. But as they were talking to me, I could feel them feeling better and about the whole situation and just generally about life. Like you could see the weight come off their shoulders straight away um you might not be a coffee kind of person but if you think that talking to friends will help then just pick an environment that's right for you maybe it's a chat over a pint in the pub or just on a walk or just going to a gym together and doing a gym session together um i think it's always good to remember not to overload your friends with what you might be experiencing and sometimes it's best to speak to a professional about what you're going through If your circumstances allow, I encourage you not to put your life on hold either. You might be experiencing bereavement, for example, but one way that could help you get through that period of time might be to carry on with the things you enjoy. I remember when my grandma passed away, um, I was actually at school when that happened, um, and she wouldn't have wanted me to stop playing sport or music. She was very much for both of us, an advocate for both of us to do the things that we really loved um, that have massively shaped our lives. But And I carried on doing those things even though we were going through a period period of grief as individuals but also as a family. Um, And my hobbies helped me get through that period of time and they still do when I get sad. 
or upset. I think it's good to seek professional help if you feel everything is getting a bit too much for you. Universities have staff trained to help in these circumstances. As personal tutors, we often refer students to these wellbeing and counselling services to ensure that you get the help you need. Sometimes it's hard to recognise this in yourself. Mm -hmm. I've walked many a student across to wellbeing and helped them get started with the process. Mm -hmm. For the students, no academic involved in marking their work will know about this either. So it's a very safe and confidential environment to be able to talk through the issues and work out a way forwards. I think some students, when they may be going through that experience, think that the world might be coming, crashing inside them and think that all lecturers and staff members know, but it's all very confidential. Absolutely. And if you do talk to your personal tutor about that, it's all confidential. And if they walk you to wellbeing, it's just between you and the staff that you've told. It is, unless there is a safeguarding issue, mm-hmm. and then obviously we will act on that information yeah, accordingly. Um, to make sure that everybody's involved is safe. Yeah, and yeah. rightly so. Um, if you're dealing with physical injury, I think that's not really talked about much at uni either. It happens. I've seen people on crutches trying to climb up Forum Hill or St David's Hill in Exeter, and if, you've, if you're not in Exeter or you've never been... Those hills are very, very steep, kind of similar. I can compare them to like Bristol, Edinburgh, absolute nightmare if you're physically injured. Um, like if your leg's in a cast you, or you're in a wheelchair and you can't walk, it's not very accessible, um, some universities and their campuses. But also if you're physically injured and one of your favourite things to do, let's say like you love to play football, that's so tough because you you physically can't play football and if like sport is your outlet or any sort of physical movement is your outlet to de-stress that can be really really hard to deal with mentally i did an interview for the glasgow guardian a few weeks ago now with a fourth year medic called alex um she's an olympic weightlifting captain and a few years ago she had a really serious injury that prevented her from weightlifting which was her passion and major kind of outlet and way to socialize with friends She talked about the impacts it had on her mental health and university life, but she also said that she channeled her time into other things. She said that she learned how to do video editing, which is a new skill for her. Um, Once that video, that um, article's out, I'll put it in the link description so you can check it out. But whatever your circumstances, try and find a way to make them work for you as well as seeking help. We're going to take a short break now and in the second half we'll be discussing what if things go wrong academically. See you in a moment. I'm going to say a pretty cliched thing right now, but grades don't define you. It might feel like it, but they don't. Many opportunities are grade dependent though. Um, You might already have a job lined up for you um, that doesn't require a specific degree classification or you only need to pass your second year at 40% to to progress further into your degree. And whether you prioritise other things at university over your academic grade or something just doesn't go to plan, don't panic. First, let's talk about what you can do if you're a student and you received a mark that fell short of your own personal goal. I think it's important to remember that, especially in your early university career, you won't necessarily get the top marks all of the time. 
So the structure of a degree focuses on teaching foundational skills in first year and then using those foundational skills and developing them and applying them in the later years of your course. Mm-hmm. So if you're in your first year and your marks aren't where you want them to be, make sure you read your feedback, um, reflect on why you haven't achieved the results you wanted, make sure you're attending all sessions and make use of the module leader's office hours to ask questions or clarify anything that you don't understand. As a student, you get better without realising that. I remember you told me this before I went to uni and it was only upon like leaving Exeter and then starting my master's did I realise, oh my goodness... I'm so much better than when I was three years ago. But it's your craft. If you don't improve your craft when you're putting time and energy into it, something's not going right. Um, But when you improve little by little, it actually reflects how carefully your degree programme has been structured by university staff. In my first year, I got a range of marks from 54% to 78%. I learnt that modules, what modules kind of suited my natural instincts and skill sets but I still took on the feedback given for all my assessments. But I did decide that poetry and the early modern period and the medieval period were not my favourite favorite things to do modules on. So whether it's your first year or your final year, you can always speak to lecturers about the feedback on any of your marked work. And don't be afraid to clarify anything that was unclear. Mm-hmm. Reflect on the feedback given to you. Learn how to improve on your previous work um, going forward. So this also includes formative work. So mm-hmm. formative work is, is ex- are exercises that you, know, that you do in your seminars that are not officially graded, but you still will get feedback. Often feedback you receive in your seminars is really useful um, for improving your summative graded work. And I have had students who have come to me in the third year and said, gosh, I didn't realise there was all this feedback on my Turnitin report. And they've only just found the feedback that we've been writing lots. So, you know, there is always feedback. Go look for it and and use it. Yeah, and if there isn't, and there isn't enough, or there isn't the kind of feedback you're looking for, that's when you go speak to your lecturer in person. And we advocate that you do that. I think if something's particularly unclear definitely chase it up but it's also on your part as the student to do it if you don't want to do it that's fine you have a choice it's the great thing about university but if you want to get better and your job is kind of dependent on a two one or a first it's worth chasing it it's worth putting in that extra mile because you never know where it will take you so if things don't work out for you the first time i.e you got a two two and you wanted a two one uh make sure to read through and reflect on the feedback given by a marker And if you completely disagree with the mark, which um, has happened to many of my peers and the feedback, you can always speak to that lecturer or someone in your department to query your grade. There has been instances, although marking is anonymous, I'm kind of saying that with quotation marks around it, because some lecturers do know who the student is. They shouldn't, but I'm going to say on my behalf, I've spoken to lecturers about my essays and it's very a particular type of essay. They obviously know that I've written it because I've spoken to them. But it, it marking is marked anonymously. But I knew peers who felt like they weren't having, I guess, being marked fairly because the lecturer disliked them or they didn't get on with them. You, I mean, that's one person's perspective. If you do feel that way, there are routes that you can discuss your mark with and challenge it um and if you're on a cusp of like 
you get a 69, which I know we think it's really harsh instead of giving a 70. Definitely query it if you're really unsure and it's kind of dependent on your final year overall mark. So I'm, I'm going to come back at you there and <laughs> critically evaluate this because you cannot change academic mark. You cannot challenge academic grades. And that's one of the things. But you can challenge the process. Mm. You can challenge whether you've got enough feedback. But all marking goes through a moderation process yeah. where other lecturers check it. It goes to external examiners who check it. Yeah. Um, so there is that fail-safe mechanisms to stop that, that kind, kind of, of thing. marking. Um, but you cannot change, can't, cannot challenge the academic grade, unfortunately. And that I believe that's for most universities. Shows. That's why I've got an insider on the show, guys. Like... This is why Dr. Hillary's here, to tell me all the things that I don't know. Uh, it is true about the second marking, though, moderation. I got an essay back from March, from the whole marking boycott. We'll do another episode about strikes and things uh, when it's timely. But yeah, I finally got this mark back, and I did way better than I expected. Not that I could do anything about, about it now. Really chuffed. Um, and it had two markers on, but that was also because the module that I took was a specialist module it was one person teaching on it so you need to have a secondary marker coming in to just kind of affirm that opinion also your work's more likely to be moderated if you hit certain bands so let's say you get the highest mark or the lowest mark your work will be moderated and then there'll be people in between who will get moderated but if your work isn't moderated don't worry it's still gone through all of those very safe processes so make sure you just reflect on and your it, feedback. And if you're in a large cohort, mm-hmm. it really is anonymous. Yeah. Because oh, we, yeah. we do not have time to check who's is who. No. Um, so yes, it really is. Yeah, definitely. If you're thinking about doing a year abroad or in industry, but your grades fall short of the minimum requirements to do that, just stay flexible. Don't get bogged down about not being able to like execute your original plan reflect on how maybe you fell short of that mark and try again there will be other opportunities to do placements or study abroad or just go abroad generally afterwards i know a lot of people who travel once they finish uni Um, and as i said earlier grades can unlock our or restrict certain opportunities but they don't define you if you're wanting some tips on how to be academically successful check out episode two in this series where dr hillary and i offered our top 10 tips to academic success and then i know when you first come to uni you don't want to think about your cv no, and you getting don't. a job because no, you you've just avoided that because you're coming to uni yeah um, <laughs> however if you can do activities from the outset that add to your cv then you've got the potential to gain a role if you if you are showing that you are more than just your course mm-hmm. so this then comes back to clubs and societies internships part-time work etc so if you've just missed out on the grades, you may get a role because of everything else you do. Mm. And if you want to listen to our advocation as to why you should join a society, check out episode one. Uh, <laughs> for any of my listeners who don't have much wiggle room to dramatically change their grade or have already graduated, look, don't worry. Try to be versatile and proactive. It might be the case that you pursue a different career path to the one you initially had planned But upon leaving uni, remain versatile and still keep an open mind and try new things, learn new things, as we've spoken about in previous episodes. There's a whole range of multimedia resources out there that you can access for free and teach yourself new things. 
Yeah, and many students want the glamorous graduate schemes with the large companies, which are hugely competitive. So don't forget the small, medium enterprises, the SMEs, where you can get great opportunities and experience. Mm -hmm. There's also charities in the public sector with many roles on offer. So when graduating, it's about getting the role where you can learn and put your studies into practice. I think sometimes an SME can be perfect for that because there's not as many people in the company. You get general skills across the whole company and then later on in your career you can specialise. I guess it just depends what opportunities come across and what suits you really and your location and where you're based. Um, As Dr Hillary's already touched upon, sometimes it's the things you do beyond your course that can help you achieve that next step. A variety of industries don't actually care too much about what degree classification you have sometimes they care more about the other things that you've done i'll give a personal example here okay look i'm not in a position where i fell short of what i wanted academically i did all of the steps that dr hillary has suggested read my feedback (laughs) work on them harder and all the top tips that we had talked about in episode two to make sure i achieve my goal but i've seen a number of journalism jobs who don't actually really care much about your degree they care about your experience, your previous bylines. So those are like where you've been listed as the writer um, in the article um, or whether you have an industry level NCTJ and that this is a journalism qualification that most journalistic jobs require. I also didn't know what I wanted to do as a career. Similarly, as you said earlier, I went to uni not wanting to think about a job that's what university was for was to try things out and work out what I wanted to do um but then I decided that sports journalism broadcasting mainly broadcasting was what I wanted to pursue um so I began creating a portfolio of work one to practice journalistic skills but two to actually show employers that I'm committed to the industry And then again, we're back to the societies at university. So there are loads of societies. And often there's things like an entrepreneurial society. And I've seen many students start their own small business. Mm. So I think keeping your options open is good advice. Yeah, the main thing to remember is that if your grades slip for whatever reason, it's about being versatile. I'm going to sound like a broken record. Versatility. If you're going to take anything out of this episode, it is being (laughs) versatile and communicate your um, problems to the relevant people. But what if you're a final year student and you've spent most of your time at uni, well... um, Partying? Yeah, not studying. (laughs) I think it's important then to look at your personal circumstances. Do you need a certain grade for your next steps? Is it worth burning yourself out in hope that you might just scrape that desired grade band? I saw a lot of, we call them Nepo babies as Gen Z, um, Gen Z, nepotism babies at Exeter they partied for their entire time at uni and they knew they'd get a job in a big company somewhere in London because they had some sort of connections of some kind great if you're one of these people good for you um you might not even have to bother with your degree really just keep going as long as you get that certificate mum and dad will be proud but if you don't have connections like this like what are your options well You have to carve your own space to create success. Um, You probably will have to try a little bit harder to overcome academic mishaps. But you know what? I think it's worth it. But you have to make that decision yourself. 
my advice would be if you have the chance to improve academically do it you'll definitely learn something sorry that was quite that wasn't a very good pun was it that was quite a bad pun (laughs) i have to say i would love every student to try hard and do their best um but what is your best is very personal so don't Mm. compare yourself to others but set your own personal goal because it may be that just finishing your degree is a huge achievement or maybe the first class is your goal Mm. so attending and joining in with all class activities will benefit you in many ways helping with your thinking, stretching you out your comfort zone, socialising with classmates, all of these are life skills which you will need. Mm, whatever your circumstances, you will make the opportunities you want to create. Sometimes it helps having that 2-1 or first, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Just like GCSEs were the stepping stones to your A-levels or BTECs, and those qualifications the stepping stones into uni, your degree is about helping you get you where you want to be in later life. The great thing about uni is that there's so many opportunities to try new things and do other things to keep your CV diverse and show you that you're versatile. Yes. And not everyone can be awarded a 2-1, like only a certain percentage of people can achieve a certain classification. There has been grade inflation since when you were a student. Absolutely. And when I'm a student, it's about 22% of people who can get a first, which is a lot bigger than when you were at uni it was like maybe one person i think out of my cohort of 70 i think we might have had two or three yeah get a first and that there's a lot more today there is definitely um but it, i guess it's just the nature of our system but you still have a bigger shot than when you were at uni dr hillary of getting a two one or a first if that's what you're going for but unless you're looking at pursuing a career in academia or a career like medicine or dentistry, for example, most industries after what, like two years, probably won't determine your eligibility for a role based on your degree. It's more likely your work experience and just yourself as a person. If your university has a career zone or hub, do use it. The staff there support every student, whether you've achieved the grade you want or not. Yeah, the, the university careers team will be able to help in many ways from CV clinics, workshops, on interview practice and assessment centres, etc. They'll have drop-in sessions and appointments, so check with your uni's career website to see what they offer. I think one of the main running themes for this entire series is if you're a student at uni, put yourself out there. There's things there. You just have to go find them. Yeah, I agree. Just as life has its ups and downs, so does university life. But whatever you may encounter, good or bad, you have a lot of individual power and choice. So you can determine how you want to navigate a situation. So whether you're experiencing adverse circumstances or your academic record isn't where you want it to be, remember that your university is there to help you. And remember, whatever you're going through, you're not alone. Don't be afraid to ask for help to talk to someone about your situation. Thank you, as always, Dr. Hilary Coyle for the fantastic advice. Thank you, Tash. Join me, Tash Coyle, next time on Tash Talks University Life. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.